Welcome to Start to Finish Motherhood, a podcast for those thinking or already single mothers by choice, just looking for practical advice for navigating life's relationships. When you decide to have children on your own, it doesn't mean that you're completely alone. I'm Aisha Jenkins, and I'm partnering with you every step of your journey. So just so you know, this was recorded the day after our kids had a sleepover and Vicky and I were taking advantage of some quiet time and grabbing coffee as we sat down to talk about our approach to making friends as adults. I'm here today with Vicky and Vicky is one of my closest SMC friends here in DC and I'm just amazed at how our friendship evolved and how we met. So Vicki, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you became an SMC and then we'll jump right into it. Okay. Well, I am an SMC. Well, when does an SMC journey begin? But my daughter Maya is now eight. She'll be nine this year. My son Matthew is six and he'll be seven in in July. Oh gosh, my journey became, gosh, when I was in my 30s, I started having all sorts of visits with different doctors about my fecundity, which I think was a term I learned back then, (laughs) and what my fertility options were. And everything evolved to essentially realizing that I was dating for a baby and making really bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And the end was a great result (laughs) because I was very sure about my journey as an SMC, and I've never looked back since. And because of my insurance, I told them what I wanted. Mm -hmm. IVF, yes, at 40, 40, 41. All right. So- Let's tell the story of how we met, because it is a funny story about how our friendship has evolved and then how extended families can grow from there. And if you're flexible and just roll with it, it can be one of the most amazing parts of the journey. So how did we meet? So it was COVID. COVID had hit in March 2020. I relocated my children to be with my family because I work for a COVID facility. And so that was 24-7 on my mind. And so for safety, they came to stay with my parents. I finally got to work from home. And I was just dying to get the kids out because we were in a situation where there were no kids on the playground. Mm -hmm. And so one day I posted in the Mocha page that I was just happy to get my kids to a a natural body of water, I think is what I said. You responded Mm -hmm. and you're like, cool. Like, okay. Uh And so somehow we ended up at some sandy beach and yeah, we didn't know who to look for. Another black woman was going to be on the beach at that point. Uh And um, that was it. And I I was thinking last night about how my first sighting of you was probably 18 feet away Uh with your little pup tent and our chairs. Mm -hmm. And that's how we talked because we were, we were social distancing on the beach. Yes, it was it was so cute. So I think your wording was you needed to, to get your little kids into a natural body of water. And so I was just like, okay. It's almost like a blind date, right? right? So meeting people for the first time, you're just like, are you Aisha? Are you Vicky? And so you came with your mom and your two kids. And I had my oldest with me. Baby was in daycare. The kids were fast friends. And so we're just like talking. And as we were talking, we just got closer and closer. And it's just like, the heck with it. So that was when we first met. All right. So that was our first meeting and we'd been friends ever since. So I think it's funny how you meet and make adult friends. What's your secret? Because you're one of the coolest people that I know and 
you're my go-to when I have successes and wins or when I just have funny little, did this really happen? And you just roll with it. And I love that about you. I mean, it takes two though, right? I mean, I consider myself an introvert. I speak to a lot of people. I guess I'm a, an extrovert at work or whatever, but mm-hmm. it takes two, right? Mm-hmm. I don't beg anybody. So I really appreciated that you reached out because I look back and you always think that, well, I'm an adult now. I won't make any more friends. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has the routine. They have their family. They have their social groups. Yeah, no more. And so this evolved naturally, which was great. And it's been great for us because DC is a new, new part of our life. And so you made that very easy for us to get out and do. You have the same interests. You come to our birthday parties. It's just been great. Then we've evolved vacations. Wait, let's talk about how the vacations evolved. Our first vacation was a funny one. Let's talk about it. We're trying to do a historical journey. A historical detour. Yes, it was a detour. And so it was funny. Since I've had kids, I'm never on time for anything. And so I give myself... a a wide bit of time. We were doing this historical tour. We got to the visitor center. I got the baby out, got the stroller out, got the diaper bag out, sat my keys down, got everything out, and then had the door unlocked. So I locked myself out of my car for like an hour. Luckily, Vicky and her family weren't there yet. So I called AAA. We got to walk around the visitor center a little bit. There's a little beach over there. So we got to walk around the beach until AAA got there and got us out of our car. And so the time just coincided perfectly. And Vicky and her family got there. Y'all okay? We good. All right. And then we just continued on to the vacation. The kids enjoyed it. So we decided to just try to make it an annual thing for as long as we could. So the next year, take it away, Vicky. Well, Diagnosed with a, thank God, benign mm-hmm. tumor, I needed major surgery. <laughs> and so I put it off as long as I could. And then I made the perfect plan. I scheduled the surgery and I thought this will be perfect. I'll have a few weeks to recover and then we'll go on vacation. Well, my surgery got delayed. Mm-hmm. And literally what I was getting out of the hospital the day we should have left for vacation. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking of all the things to be worried about with major surgery, I had to tell you that I couldn't make the trip. Why not, Vicky? Could they just not wheel you from the hospital straight to the beach? Uh-huh. Kids are like, we'll just lower you into the car. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I'm like, Vicky, so we could just roll you around. But no, but it was, it's amazing how it evolved, right? So we didn't not do the vacation, but tell us who I went on vacation with. My mom and dad with the kids. I went on vacation with Vicky's mom and dad and the two kids. And so this is just an example about how being flexible and just going with the flow as an SMC family can evolve into some pretty interesting and an extended kind of relationship. Like my girls were taking selfies with Vicky's mom. We tag team and we watch the kids as we would normally do on vacation. And I got to know a little bit more about her mom and her dad. And it was just an amazing turn of events that we laugh about to this day. But, you know, Vicky trusted me to kind of partly watch her kids. And I trusted Vicky's mom and dad to kind of partially watch my kids. And we are on the other side and we can laugh about it. You knew the routine already. Who's going to take the tent out? Who's going to take the coolers and the luggage? It was all things that 
my parents would have needed help with, right? A little bit older. If one's watching again, the other one may have a bad back, you know, so. It was such a sweet trip. I got to spend some time with the kids. And so we are going again <clears throat> this year. Vicky will be there. Yes, no major surgeries <laughs> plans. None. I'm looking forward to it this year. So we're just looking to do this for as long as we can and as long as the kids will allow us. And this is one of the amazing adult friendships that I have and how just being flexible can just open up so many doors. So I think that this is important. Vicki, let's talk about your approach to adult friendships, because when we become adults, some things become harder, but some things become a bit easier to navigate because it's not that serious, right? So what's your approach to adult friendships? Honestly, I remember thinking once you're at a college, it's pretty much those are your friendships. When I look back, I've met great friends at work and I don't know how great a friend they are until they leave. You sort of continue that relationship. For me now, it's been through my children because obviously that's who I spend most of my time with. So when you meet another mom who's got similar dynamics, that's totally helpful. I mean, I even have a recent friend who is married, sort of living single, if you will. She's taking charge of the kids' social life, as we all do. And so that's been a bond for me in a social network, and I've met other great families through her. So it's been natural. I would say I would have time to seek friendships, but they've evolved, and I do realize the significance of them. I actually sit back and go, wow, how did that happen? And they're few, but my time is really rare, you know, special too. So when I began my SMC journey, I had a lot of time to think, apparently so. I really prioritized the things that were important to me and the battles that I would fight. And then everything else was kind of a, you like it, I love it situation. If it wasn't in my top five priorities, I'm not going to battle over it. And I think that as adults, we are tied to a lot of our decisions. We have lived long enough to say, this is for me, this is not for me. And so when I approach adult friendships, I don't hold your life choices to me. The choices you make for your life are the choices you make for your life. They have no impact on how I live my life. They have no impact on how I raise my kids. You are you, me is me. If it's not a part of those priorities, we're not going to argue. We're not going to fight about that. So are my kids safe? Yes. Do I feel safe around you? Yes. Can our kids play together? Cool. Are you a good person? Cool. Are you easy to talk to? Everything else is set aside. Like your choices for your kids do not become choices I have to make for my kids. Like we're all adults. We're all individuals. So live your life. I find Similar to you, I've met a lot of friends through work. And that's interesting because for a time being, it was the work boundary. But I think the pandemic introduced this whole new dimension to work-related friendships where you no longer had that boundary, right? You had video conferencing, you had Zoom. So we all got used to using those technologies that work either inside or outside of a company. Like I have a group of friends at work. We started ERGs together based on social identities like Black, LGBTQIA. So we form friendships because we were going to battle with the same purpose and we were tackling issues that came up at work. So we got to see each other and each other's vulnerabilities. We got to back each other up. And it's been an amazing evolution of those friendships. And so we'll have some of those people on the podcast. I have SMC friends right? From the different communities that I've been in. Like I started on a national forum. We're in the Facebook groups. We're in one for my geographic area. I have friends from just 
every point along my SMC journey. You're vulnerable with these people. They know your story. They follow your story. You become invested in each other. The story, not the choices you make for your life. And I think that that's the difference. I can call on these people like, hey, I have another SMC who's looking for this resource or, hey, you know, do you know about this? Or I'm educating, like, you know, probably don't do that. It's steeped in racism. So, (laughs) but I've managed to maintain a lot of those friendships through George Floyd. They're white, they're black, they're Latinx, they're just a diverse group of friends. And I do consider them friends because anybody who gets to be around my kids, I have to, there's a, there's a threshold to which I have to like and respect you. It's just been a lot of fun to be able to pull from those different. And then I have like my old track friends from high school. I have my my core group of girlfriends. It's a lot of richness. And I think the way that you navigate those things is one, you know, being an adult, don't be an asshole, right? There's room for all of us to just be. I have friends who are top people at companies, but we're still friends. We're not overlapping. We're not competing with each other. Definitely, I guess, follow the beat of my own drum. I, I realized that in the life choice I've made, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say I was a rabble rouser growing up or that I did radical things. <laughs> but once I realized that this is my life, like literally, and remembering this image of bringing my partner to the party, whether or not he could schmooze and, you know, what quality person this was, and all of those things. And it came down to, wow, like that's eight hours, 12 hours of my day, whatever. At night, it's my life. And I'm making a decision on my life and what these other people may judge me for based on that insignificant, really. And I remember just finally breaking free of that. And like I said, got to the worst dating relationship I could have. You were tied to that one holiday party a year. No, mind. No. no, borrow him and then keep him chained up in the basement. Nobody talk. Only the, okay, so Vicky, this is how you go catch a man. And you tie them up in your basement and you just dress them up and bring them out for that one. I thought I had some, I mean, honestly, those kinds of things. Uh That's why friendships, relationships, there's a a varying degree. There's a lot of women who don't know about the SMC journey because I just actually talked to an old staff member that used to work with me. Uh And I quote unquote came out to her for various reasons have not stated my life. And that's just because of the politics in my office. People know my kids are on a secret. Uh-huh. They've never heard me say the word. Right. But with her, I realized she's been on this dang journey for so long. I had to finally say, wait a minute, let's break that type of relationship. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And, and I told her I had women around me who were talking about this all the time. And it was always like, what's going on? And there's a lot of us who just don't have that avenue. Right. And so out of my sort of little friend group, I was the first one to be like, I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, and never, and I just, oh my gosh, it's just amazing. And so that party, that corporate party, mm-hmm. the idea that was my life, the idea that I kept thinking about these statistics, census and all this and the single black woman. You look at that narrative and you're making these lifetime choices based on who I want to bring to the holiday party yeah. at work. Right. So or, or the census taker saying you are a single black mother. Oh, my goodness. I know. You're a statistic. The kids don't have no daddy. Oh, my. Right? Right? The stories we tell ourselves in our heads. we tell ourselves. And so, yeah, on the other side of that, completely don't even think about it, living this life. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes think, oh, my gosh, that's right. Other people still think like this. Sometimes I need to stay in an MSNC because there might be a woman out there who's looking for that connection. Who's looking for a solution. Yes, a solution. I actually feel guilt. Because I'm so in my life, uh-huh. I'm walking around and then my child was in kindergarten. It was COVID, so there weren't a lot of conversations going on. But 
picking up her things in June, I realized, oh my gosh, I never told a mom at SMC. I'm a single mom hustling to get my kids, pick them up and drop them off and get right. them And that's what the teacher identified. Oh no, this woman needs me to support her. I finally stated it and it turned out one of her teachers had been considering and was uh -huh. wondering. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've potentially blocked you from this great information or this support or inspiration. And so I try to remember uh -huh. that I'm not just walking around. I'm not, nobody's poacher child ever. I need to share my journey with someone. Because it know. might give somebody an additional option, right? But that's note for some of the people who are just getting started on their single mother by choice journey and wondering, what are people going to think of me? What do I tell people? Once you get into school, you are now the parent trying to just help your kid navigate the school system. People don't care about your conception story as much as we think that they do. And like Vicky said, you're then just another parent picking up, dropping off, and just trying to do all the things that are involved in school. Also, to, to the extent about telling the SMC story, like everyone decides when and how, and you'll catch who you catch. But I think it's important enough for us to kind of start to be a little bit more open as a society. And I think as our numbers increase, and especially as this next wave of SMCs come through, it's going to be an open book. Like, Similar to you, I was the first in my friendship group to be like, I'm doing this. I went through the years of thinking it in my head, talked a little bit about it here and there to various friends. But then when you take the plunge, there's no going back. There's a baby about to come. So now, were you worried that your friendship dynamics would change? Well, we all were on the same hustle. So I, I didn't realize, for me, I looked back and I made it to the other side so we made okay. we made different choices i had one friend who stuck it out with a guy who kept promising the relationship marriage, marriage. yeah exactly and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna i quietly just did my thing and then i felt kind of uncomfortable because i realized my life reflected what she didn't pursue that friendship did part ways right and yeah i i did wonder how that would affect them but once there yeah, we're still friends. We might talk once every six months, mm -hmm. but because of life, but they're still there. When I say out, like that's the word I used with. Yeah. Myself. It's not even that I'm hiding it. It's, it's, I literally am living like my life as a single parent. Like I didn't mean not to tell her teacher. The reason I knew I hadn't said anything is because my daughter had a Zoom class session. Mm -hmm. My father walked by the camera. Your teacher was like, boy, her dad is old. Well, her... her no, her, your husband, right? So I guess mine had these conversations with mm -hmm. the classmate. Okay. And so the classmate said, you said you didn't have a dad. And she's confused. She's like, Thank one, of the, one uh -huh. of the parents wrote me, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, because how dare you tell the black child I don't have a dad or have that discussion. Uh -huh. I realized, oh my gosh, I never, we never had that. Right. Like the pandemic opened up a lot. We're not missing a dad. This is our family. Right. And I don't remember. I hate the word sperm. I don't even know if I said it by donor. I said, no, this is our family. We don't have a dad. Even then, that was bad. I should have said she's by donor. Right. I'm assuming a certain level of. So I just wrote back like, no, I know they're mortified. And maybe I should have taken the opportunity to tell the teacher. But I realized, oh, my gosh, I never told them. I realized people are looking with a certain lens at us that I don't realize. Right. So even when I had my baby and my friend came to visit. And we're in the hospital. And then the nurse didn't. They're looking for daddy. Uh -huh. And then finally I said, oh, no, I'm there. she's my donor. And they're like, oh, this is a wanted child or something like that. I have to tell you. No, no. So then the nurse felt better. Uh -huh. Imagine they're walking around on eggshells. Where's the daddy? Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's here. Right. So it's all these things. We all need a sign. Listen. Uh -huh. 
This is not a charity case. Right. We're There's all active choices here. Right. But so when I finally had my kids, I did worry that my friendship dynamics would change. Mm-hmm. And and that's just because it's unknown. Mm-hmm. Right. And my friendship dynamics didn't change. No. My core group of girlfriends rolled and flexed with it. They and my kids are now incorporated into when they come visit me, when I go visit them, mm-hmm. they work around my schedule. It's amazing. And now my my children have aunties who are fashionistas, aunties who are doctors, aunties who are like everything. And it's amazing. They bring the things to my kids that I don't bring. I'm not a fashionista. Because even, you know, Maya's a Girl Scout. She's got elders there who look like her, who've been in this community 60 years. Listen, we are educating moms. They ask me questions. Wait a minute. You told them that they're by donor? Yes. This is honesty. So we have these sort of narrow focus of our lives, not because we mean to, but that's the life we live. And and you and I are 1% of 1%. We're this small niche in our community of Black folks around the country. But you made this choice? Yes. Oh, my God. That's a whole different dynamic just brings another side of things. And so sometimes I'll be at the basketball game and say, the daddy's tall, right? And sometimes I'm like, and other times I just might see an opportunity, you know, you don't have a daddy. What? Right? If I feel like it, it might mean, it might mean something for that particular conversation. Right. And then you find all these other conversations. Oh my gosh, I thought about it. Oh my gosh, I'm still proud of you. You know, there's all these other, these other yeah. things. And then even a kid now or are at a level where they're like, yeah, I don't feel like explaining. Let's talk about that because what was the that your son uh, asked you last night? Right? He, he's known us since he's known. But, but that's what they know. Okay. They don't remember the origin story uh-huh. because it's been three years now. Right. And it's so natural. So they don't, they're like, we also learn you adopt people as your family, uh-huh. even though they're not blood. They, they have, they have gotten that. And so, yeah, they're like, you know, they're probably ready to call y'all cousins, right? So you're in our house spending the money. That's significant, right? Right, right. Last. I talk about sperm, like, at least five times a week. I don't want to associate my child with sperm. I know we all were associated with sperm at some point. But it's so funny. I'd be like, donor. And I'd be sperm donor. Okay. That's all I hear when you talk, sperm donor. But yes, I need to not do that because... Then it sounds like I'm tiptoeing around something I'm not. I just don't like the word sperm. Donor. I don't know if I've ever said the word sperm to them. Thanks, Vicky. Say it one more time. Sperm. Sperm. Maybe I'll say it in Spanish. I'll find maybe there's a prettier word. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Start to Finish Motherhood with Aisha. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow Start to Finish Motherhood on Instagram. Or email me at Aisha at starttofinishmotherhood.com. If you love this episode, please share it with anyone who's thinking of becoming a single mother by choice, anyone who's already parenting as a single mother by choice and just looking for advice on navigating it all, or a friend or family member who's looking to support someone else's single mother by choice journey. Until next time, bye now.